Welcome to the Booktopia podcast. I'm Ben Hunter, the Fiction Category Manager at Booktopia. Um, today I'm joined on the podcast by Shanu Prasad, who is our Lifestyle Category Manager and also a casual crime reader. Um, and we welcome Shanu today. Hi, Shanu. Hello. Thank you Hi. for that. Uh, and uh, we've got you on today because um, we've both been reading and loving a author that we're welcoming today um, over Skype. It's Anna Downs. Hi, Anna. Can you hear us? Okay. Hi, Ben. Hi, Shanu. I can hear you fine. This is lovely. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining the podcast. Um, Anna Downs is the author of The Safe Place. Um, it's her debut novel. Um, and uh, Anna, since last time we chatted, um, have you improved your elevator pitch? <laughs> oh, dear. Well, do you know what? It has improved since uh, the very first time that I gave it to you, which was at uh, last year's Arbia's, and I completely failed to give you anything even remotely uh, coherent. So, yes, it's definitely improved since then. Um, uh, <laughs> A few days ago when we met, I tried again. It wasn't too bad. Um, let me have another crack at it. Is this for book two or, or book or the safe place? Oh, this is for book, this is for book one. Ah, okay. We, we can talk about book two later. <laughs> well, oh, we I don't even know about book two, so no. this is really exciting for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very much in the early stages, so we might be better off leaving it. But, um, okay, <laughs> so the, the safe place is a story about Emily Proudman, who's a struggling actress. Um, her life is uh, a little bit of a mess, and kind of by necessity, she accepts a job um, working for and living with a wealthy business and his family on their vast and very remote property on the Midwest coast of France. And um, this job initially appears to be a dream come true, but obviously nothing is perfect and it quickly spirals into something much more sinister. How did I do? Is that all right? That's oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, that's basically the pitch that we got when, when the book was sold in, along with the front cover, that made me just go, uh, could I just, I'll just take the, I'll just take the proof first. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful cover. Um, it is totally evocative of, of the wonderful setting of this dark and mysterious book. Thank you. Um, Anna, you spent some time living and working on one of these enormous um, South of France estates. Mm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your your time there? Yeah, sure. So um, it was actually a job that I did with my husband. We were kind of bumming around Europe at the time um, and we managed to land this incredibly uh, cruisy gig working for this family. And they had a huge property on the Midwest coast of France. It was incredibly beautiful um, and, and, and very remote as well. And I uh, remember... Um, while we were there a few times saying to my husband, my goodness, you know, if anything happened to us here, it'd probably take quite a while <laughs> for anyone to find out about it. Um, fortunately, you know, the family were really lovely. Nothing sinister happened while we were there at all, but the place was very, um, well, it was just extraordinary. So it was, you know, when, when I did start thinking about trying to write a book, it was the first thing that sprang to mind in terms of setting. Yeah. And it did, did, did um, the kind of concept for said novel germinate there or did that come to you much later? No, well, there were a few, there was a couple of different starting points for the book. Um, at the time that I started trying to write and I, I hadn't 
written anything before. Um, I was looking for a creative outlet because I, I'd moved to Australia. So I was on the other side of the world from my friends and my family. Uh, I was starting a new life. I just had two beautiful, healthy children. But the uh, the youngest, my second child, my daughter, was a terrible sleeper and a complete sort of, she was a sphinx in terms of, you know, uh, nothing that I did seem to work with her you know um whereas my son was really textbook he was very easy he really kind of set me up for for a fall <laughs> um, but yeah so I was I, I was diagnosed with um postnatal anxiety and the writing was really just a way to sort of um give myself a give my brain a bit of a break you know um and uh, just be creative just for creativity's sake um but of course at the time you know, there was a lot of stuff rolling around in my head about isolation and identity and um, the, the concept of um, the responsibility that we have as parents and the perceived responsibility that we have to shape our children, you know, that, that, it, that we are in control of who and what they are going to be. Um, and it kind of there was a particular idea that I couldn't get out of my head and that kind of merged with the house and for some reason the two of them kind of became one I love it yeah, I, I, I love the idea that you you could um, uh, conceive of such a terrifying book as a um as a like a relaxing pursuit to <laughs> pull yourself out of the pain of motherhood I, I well, love that yeah but it I mean I think that at the time my state of mind like I was very fearful you know anxiety is all about being very very scared and mm. you know um an anxious brain kind of imbues everything with this sort of with with fear um so I think that whilst the creativity itself was a real means to an end in terms of calming me down I was kind of channeling those feelings of fear and trepidation and, and anxiety and worry through the writing right and you really do get that um sense of um family and that exploration of of family and what family means through the book um particularly I found it really interesting the um you know the Though, you, though it might not be the, the main theme of the book, but Emily's relationship with her parents, yeah. um, I think is quite, to me, felt quite key to actually understanding um, the, un understanding the motivations of, uh, of, of her as a character um, in the book as well. So I, I really, um, your, your explanation of how you sort of came to write that book actually makes a lot of sense. Um, oh, good. I've come back to like think I'm like oh my goodness yes I could totally see that going through the book and how you've explained it I'm like I think a lot of I think a lot of uh, parents particularly I'm not a parent but um, I have lots of friends with kids that tell me all about <laughs> pretty much similar situations that you've had and I, I really feel that they'll re really resonate with um with those kinds of feelings that you've been able to capture through the book and then also turn into this like fantastically interesting narrative as well Oh, thank you. That's a gigantic compliment. Thank you. Yeah, I, I do feel like um, for me, part of the pleasure of, of writing it was really exploring in depth how each one of those characters would really have felt, you know, uh, given their 
respective extraordinary situations um and and there was quite a lot to pack in I think particularly trying to make it all feel very authentic and, and very reasonable you know there are some pretty wild choices that that certain characters make but for me they made sense and the difficulty and the you know the challenge is then to communicate that through the page so that readers say things like that <laughs> so that yes that that rings true yeah I think it also helps Oh, sorry, sorry, go on, Go on, go on, go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think it also helps that you have said it somewhere like the south of France, where to a lot of people's minds, um, maybe, I don't know if maybe it's more of an Australian thing, but like, you know, it's like whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. If you kind of get <laughs> that, same, that same sort of feel from the south of France, and it's full of just like wealthy, beautiful people where, you know, things, your, your real life doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore and whatever happens there sort of happens and then you kind of realize that you know that might be true but you still take yourself with you wherever you go so absolutely absolutely i love those kinds of stories um um and i think that that was a lot of what the experience for me personally was about like the real life experience of being there it very much felt like a bubble it very I, I did observe quite a few times that the people that we worked for and their friends who came to stay you know that that it did feel a bit like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas you know there were like nothing kind of crazy happened but you definitely felt like when they were on the property they just did not think about the outside world at all and everything was very quite it was quite lavish and very you know everything was just so relaxed and who cares and we're here and it's great yeah I read this at the beginning of COVID, so that also, you know, really colours your um, your your feelings of of things when you're thinking about beautiful. Um, you, you, you really you really felt that because you're feeling that beautiful escape, and then the narrative draws you in, and you're like, oh, that's right, life. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. There is a bit of that. I know. Well, I I don't know. I hope in a way that the the setting sort of helps take the edge off a lot of oh missed holidays, maybe. <laughs> Really I, was sitting, I was sitting outside in the sun reading it and um I was so focused like I read it all in one go and I was so focused on it I looked up and I was like oh I'm just sitting on a beach towel but in a backyard in suburban <laughs> Sydney not next to that amazing pool <laughs> on the cover in the mm. south of France so um oh. I really yeah it really it really worked the evocativeness of the descriptions of it just made me really feel like I was there and I think Ben felt the same thing. He, got, I think, Ben, you got a tan, didn't you? Even though you were sitting inside reading the book. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm well bronzed. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Ben. <laughs> um, we love the character of Emily Proudman. Um, she goes on an incredible journey, um, uh, and she's uh, she's very real, but she's also hilarious. Um, and when we meet her, she is. Um, she is trying to make it as an actress um, in the London scene mm. and um, it's crumbling apart at the seams. Um, when you created that Emily Proudman character, were you um, uh, sort of focusing your fear and doubt and loathing about your time as an actress in the UK into Emily? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's where it started off, as in the writing. That's where the writing started off. I kind of, kind of was fictionalizing some of my own experiences, and I, I, 
now that you say that, I do remember that one of the many starting points, one of the many ways in which I kind of tried to edge my way into the narrative was by trying to think of the the, the silliest, most hilarious, most ridiculous and humiliating experiences that I'd had and trying to put them in as a bit of light relief. And um, there's a, an audition scene that's mentioned in the book. It's actually not shown, but it is kind of referred to. And in most of the earlier drafts, I think it only got cut right at the end really or or somewhere towards the end anyway there was a scene like that that scene was um actualized you know like um it, it was shown and I was so proud of that scene because it was so accurate in terms of what I'd experienced myself but I think the 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 more the story developed and the more we edited it particularly the more it became clear that some of those lighter things weren't they didn't actually belong anymore like it, it's not really a funny book and it, it you know it, it can it can be funny in places um but you know it's it's important not to push that too far I think with with that kind oh, of narrative yeah. I think all good crime and thriller is, is funny in moments um, yeah. I think you need that to break up yes <laughs> um to kind of uh sort of Disarm the tension. <laughs> in, yes, in, in disarm. Just for a second so you can breathe. Yeah, disarm the tension. But also, you know, I think a really good thriller makes you feel like you are in that situation. And of course, you know, if it, there needs to be something that, that helps you warm to characters and that helps you feel like when you're reading a particular character, you're comfortable and you're having a good time, you know, so that you can empathise and support them more. Um. Tell me a little bit about that that big TV career um, of yours because that it's it was a lot of TV credits that were just like crammed into the, your short bio at the front of the book. Um, <laughs> what was the um, uh, best thing that happened in that career, and and what is the worst or, or or at least the strangest thing that happened to you? I mean, when we were um, when I was passing books to you to sign the other day, um, you had a very peculiar. Um, audition that you you described to me <laughs> <laughs> okay well first of all I'll say about the the tv credits they look like a lot but I mean that's pretty much all she wrote like they're, they're all my credits <laughs> so um uh yeah I, I didn't I didn't work um as much as some of my other peers did in tv but I mean I, I had my fair share and it was wonderful I love tv it was um completely extraordinary one of the uh, my, my favorite experiences was working on a show called DL and Pasco and it's a British detective series and um I played a a zookeeper who spoiler alert gets caught up in a organ trafficking ring and um I was Acting with um, tigers and and a giraffe, and um, it, I, I got I got put I got kidnapped and put in a in a cage with a snake, and it was um, that was brilliant. That was a really great, <laughs> really great experience. A bit bonkers, but good. Um, now I think Ben, what you're talking about is when we chatted about some of my my commercial auditions, my adverts. Yes. Is that right? So yes. um, I have. Um, a kind of extraordinary memory of going in for an audition uh, that involved basically lap dancing a soft toy for a stereophonics music video. I did that with a straight face. Um, uh, and then I had to kind of point the gun at the, to at the soft toy at the end and pretend to shoot it. It was very weird. Um, 
and <laughs> there was another one where I was called in and it was you know you kind of you get excited about these auditions because they're like a, a, a kind of like a lifeline you know you, you think oh this one I'm gonna nail it I'm gonna get it um because a lot of those uh commercial jobs particularly they they're very lucrative so you really want to get them even though they're not yeah, and, and it's just for a day's work yeah <laughs> you can pay rent for the month hundred percent and they're really really good to get so you kind of you're like yes I'm gonna nail this I'm gonna get it and this one I turned up and it was in this little room above a kind of a, a row of shops on Carnaby Street and I was there for about five minutes and my role like I had to sit next to this guy there was another actor there his job was to kind of pretend to fart and my job was to react so I had, I was, it was like the role of fart reactee. So I had to provide as many reactions to a fart as you could, as I could possibly muster within five minutes. And then, you know, went, went home and, and that was a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Good fun. <laughs> That's just bizarre. I love it. it. Yeah. <laughs> the real life of an actor. Yeah, um, I can I can definitely see a comic book, uh, you know, as well in your future about about <laughs> your experiences. I would a hundred percent read that as well. <laughs> well. Who knows? Maybe one day when I've got all the dark stuff out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Once your kids are out, uh, maybe left uh, left high school. <laughs> yes, and my mind has settled down a bit. <laughs> um, without spoiling this novel too much, I, I want to ask a little bit about the mechanics of the narrative in the safe place um it's a very taut and terrifying story um was it always split between perspectives when you get bits of scott and bits of emily or did you decide to break it up as you were going through the drafting process um no it was always going to be a multiple perspective story and i i always had emily and scott um I found my first ever draft just recently and I looked through it and I remembered that I'd also started um, with a perspective, a POV from uh, Juliet, who is Emily's mother. So I have about 10 to 15,000 words of her perspective as well that I then had to wow. cut because I realized quite early on that that was just complicating the story. It was making it to, was going off really trying to explore a lot of Emily's backstory. Yep. Um, and it just wasn't necessary, so I had to get rid of it, even though I quite liked get it. Get to the scary bit. <laughs> yeah, get but, to the scary bit, exactly. It's all yeah, that kind of also, just ripping out of the lighter stuff. Yeah, but necessary for you to write because you still get that sense of, even though you don't see it on the page, by you writing all those things on your end that we don't read, but that's really really adds depth to the to the book so that it doesn't feel like a, you know, like a, just a throwaway kind of, you know, play by numbers book. It's really got some heart and some depth to it as well as just having this amazing mystery and, you know, story happening, happening with it. So uh, I don't, I don't want you to think that you wasted all that time writing oh, all those good words. <laughs> thank you, Shanu. That's really nice of you to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I do feel again with, with the second book is this, this next one that I'm writing. That's, that's, definitely a process that that's repeating itself um I'm I'm definitely finding that I have to write quite a lot of stuff that will not end up in in the book just because that's how I explore the the characters and the meaning um mm. there is a, a third POV in the safe place as well um and that one um what it used to be it, originally it was like a, a in a big block 
and um, it was like a story within a story. So, mm -hmm. you know, with you'd get to the the kind of the big reveal, and then you'd cut away, and you'd have the, the this one POV. How did we get to here? Yeah, yeah. but when yeah. We, when we signed with the, the publishers, the the overwhelming feeling was that it it kind of really slowed the pace down. So that was where we broke that up, and had to seed it then through the novel, which was actually a really difficult thing to do because. I had to take yeah. frag fragments of it and place them so that they kind of uh, informed the following chapter or, you know, kind of bounced off the preceding chapter. And that was quite difficult to do, given that it was all just one lump at the beginning. So, but that was, I mean, it was a, I loved the editing process. It was so interesting. And so it was like the, the best and most difficult jigsaw puzzle in the world. Yeah. Mm. And it's a joy to read how they how they contrast those different perspectives, oh, um, thank you. going across the same the same trajectory towards inevitable doom. Um, <laughs> the book is or now not. like a, a massive. Oh, sorry, go on, Shane. No, I just said, or not. We're not giving away anything that <laughs> oh, happened in the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're happily yeah. ever after. Um, uh, um, That's why it's yeah, called the, the safe book, place. This, this book is. Uh, a major international release now. Um, mm -hmm. When did it hit home for you that this project that um, you're working on was going to be such a very big deal? I'm not sure it's, it's hit home yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel that even up until very recently, I still hadn't really engaged with what a big deal it is. I mean... It got reviewed in the Washington Post the other day, and I was just like, "Really? What? <laughs> like, I don't know." It. I think that there were certain little points along the way. Um, obviously, you know, signing with the publishers and hearing their plans for um, uh, publicizing it and marketing it, and you know what they were going to do. I was like, "Oh my goodness, that's massive!" Um, but then, even then, you know. After all of that, as an author, you still then go away back to your house and you start working on other things and life kind of takes over. And it's only really, you know, that maybe then there'll be another moment a couple of months later where you'll go, oh, my God, is this happening? You know, so. <laughs> and I, yeah, like I said, I still don't think I've really come to terms with it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be a process. <laughs> the Washington Post is very, that's a big, that's a big publication. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to ask the hard question now. Um, mm. You you mentioned you're working on a second novel. Um, you're telling me that it focuses on the kind of the dark corners of the internet. Mm -hmm. How is it coming along? And how is the elevator pitch for that one? <laughs> oh, you. Um, okay, uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a very brief kind of little taster so the the story follows a woman she's a single mum she's raising a baby and a teenager and her teenage boy he's 14 she discovers um that he has been he, he's developed a bit of an unhealthy obsession with the dark web and he's started ordering uh, mystery boxes on the dark web and there was a bit of a trend for them back in 2017 uh, and youtubers would order these mystery boxes containing very very strange and sinister items that sort of 
almost seemed to form a bit of a narrative and then they would post about them so that's what it's that's where we start and it's basically about this um this single mother battling uh, like a badass trying to raise her children and find out what the heck her son has unleashed upon their lives. I like it. I'm going to yeah. leave it there. <laughs> it yeah. sounds very dark and very <laughs> And And again, you can see how important motherhood is to your writing. Yeah. I don't think I've quite written that out of my system yet. Um, I've got an idea for, for a third one, and I don't think I'm going to be tackling that again, I think. But but definitely going into this second book, it, it really felt like um, I had a bit more to say. Uh, it's definitely something that's really close to my heart, and I'm really enjoying at the moment discovering and reading novels that have a kind of superhero mother, um, yeah. you know, fighting against all odds, um, trying to, you know, just being a real badass and um, uh so yeah that's that's kind of what that's about the writing of it's going well now better now there was definitely a point at which I was kind of breathing into a paper bag going oh my god this doesn't work what am I doing I've got to you know because I'm not used to writing to a deadline this is a whole new experience and of course they were two book deals so there are people that are kind of waiting on it uh, and that's quite uh, intimidating um but I'm I'm back on track now, and I've uh, yeah, it, it's it's flowing much better, and I'm feeling really quite excited about it now. So yeah, long long may that continue. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we're excited to have it and read it. Yay! Thank you. Um, thank you so much for your time with us. Um, we're going to let you go soon, um, but uh, I wanted to mention um, because your book is coming out um, very close to um, a big long month long extravaganza. We're doing a Booktopia which is all dedicated to crime and thriller books. Um, we, we're calling it Crime Month, which is, you know, it's original. what it says. Yeah, yeah. It's, like it, huh? um, <laughs> it's this huge deal where, you know, readers can explore different subgenres of crime and there's great prices on this year's biggest books, um, including yours. Um, and there's a massive pile of crime books um, that's sitting on my um, dusty, empty desk in, in the Booktopia office waiting to be given away to someone. Um, some lucky winner anywhere in Australia. It's all very cool. And in the spirit of that, I um, wanted to ask you a few questions about crime and crime fiction. Yeah. Um, when did you first get into crime fiction? Oh, when did I first get into it? Look, I um, have always been a voracious reader and I've always read really widely. I read lots and lots of different genres. I reckon, um, I as a teenager, I was intensely obsessed with the Point Horror series. You know, R.L. Stein, oh, Christopher yeah. Pike, yep. The Babysitter, The Lifeguard, you know, yeah. um, all of that, loved it. So I would say that, but I'm, I, as a, as a kid and a teenager, I was also weirdly keen on horror films. So like when my friends would come over for sleepovers and they'd want to watch Grease, I'd be like, no guys, <laughs> let's watch Psycho. Uh, <laughs> let's watch Poltergeist. They, they thought I was a bit odd. So dark, dark things. Um, are very close to my heart. I love them. Do you have a favourite crime author or recurring crime character? Um, that's a hard one. I um, I always feel like if I pick a favourite, then you know it, it feels like I slighted <laughs> the others. That makes yes. me feel. Sad. You can have um, a couple if you need to. Oh God! Do you know? I reckon um, over these past few years. Um, Christian White, J.P. Pomari, 
Jane Harper, um, yes. you know, all the, the Aussie big ones at the moment, I'm finding that they're very inspiring. I love Dervla's work. Um, yes. You know, oh, like, there's just so many good ones around at the moment. I, I kind of, I really, I like um, JP Delaney's sort of slightly black mirror type um, stuff as well, you know, that's sort of uh, tech um centered that's really exciting i'm just looking around my room to see what i've got <laughs> there are just so many this is a conversation that could go on for hours and hours yeah. you know what i just there read recently real... that was great it was paul tremblay's head full of ghosts that was terrifying that's not really crime at all actually but it's really good <laughs> there is a, a real renaissance in, in australian crime writing at the moment there seems or, or a golden age or whatever you want to call it there's, yeah. there's, just, there's so much stuff, good stuff out there and, and that was going to be my my next question is, is do you read aussie crime and that's obviously a yes oh yes yeah 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 there's some brilliant stuff happening at the moment and um yeah while i was writing the safe place and certainly while i was editing it um I, yeah I've always got my head stuck in um what's you know what people are putting out and I try and be really plugged into what's coming out as well I kind of I'm one of those people I like to read them as they come out which you know makes for a fair bit of anxiety because you can't keep up with them all but I like to try we we, we definitely feel that that's for sure <laughs> um when you're reading crime do you uh, try and guess what's happening guess what the ending will be or would you or, or do you just relax and go with the flow and let it be a wonderful yeah I do end? actually I mean yeah I don't feel like it's necessary to uh like I don't mind a spoiler per se it's quite fun to kind of watch the author um you know playing that out and and seeding the clues but no I, I think I do prefer I, I like to be tricked I like to be led down the wrong path uh, and I like it when at the end um you kind of go oh yes well done yeah I see what you did there I think one of the best examples of that was um Call Me Evie um J.P. Pomari's book and I, that was brilliant because that was a, a twist that was hiding in plain sight it was right in front of you the whole mm. time um, and I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, well done. Well done, Josh. Um, so, yeah, I do like I do like to be tricked, but I don't think that a, a kind of a good twist is is completely essential. I also really like the human elements to be played out as well. And I really like that depth. Um, and finally, do you dabble in true crime at all? Oh, I like a true true crime podcast. Um I don't read so much true crime, but I think that's just because there's so much fiction that I want to get through. But certainly while I'm driving, I'll, I'll read, uh, sorry, I'll listen to true crime podcasts. Yeah, I do like a bit of true crime. And you did mention that you you had a, a, a real soft spot for Tiger King on Netflix. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I love Tiger King. But that was just more, though, I was just amazed. I was just... <laughs> My mind was just blown that people yeah. like that even existed. It was car crash telly, but also incredible documentary making, I think, in terms of, I've never seen anything like that where there's just so much material. So much material. <laughs> so <laughs> Do you think much they'd material. like hit the bottom of the well and then just like another guy would go on the show? Or like one for governor. <laughs> Honestly, the things that they kept bringing out of the cupboard, I was like, "Stop it! There's no way this is real." It was amazing. Um, Anna Downs, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the podcast today. Um, you've been a, a real pleasure to have on.
Oh, thank you so much, Ben. Thank you, Shanu. It's been so nice thank to talk you. to you. I hope to do it again soon. Um, and I did mention uh, signed copies. Yes, there are signed copies of uh, Anna Downs' Safe Place um, now at the time of recording. So what I suggest you do is, is go to booktopia.com.au and, and check the website and, and see if that's still there and if they're still available because they will eventually sell out. Um, so go and check that out now. Um, you can buy any of the books we've mentioned at booktopia.com.au, um, including, of course, The Safe Place by Anna Downs. I'm Ben Hunter, and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free, and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces, and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget... For all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au.